Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey, lady. Welcome back. All right. For all my moms out there, and I know there are a lot of you that listen, I got you today. I got you. (laughs) I'm talking to my guest, Sarah, and Sarah is, oh, my She is a soul that I've known for several, several years, and we talk in the beginning of the podcast about how she has shifted and really pivoted and changed because she grew, (laughs) because she grew as a human, and we all grow and evolve. And the reason why Sarah has been on the podcast before, but the reason why I reached out again and say, hey, will you please come back and share what you are doing now is because, and you'll see, You'll hear it, but Sarah is postpartum, finally at a point in her life when she said, I've been dieting since I was a little girl. I'm done. I am done. I finally can step back after having a baby and see the toll that diet culture has had on me mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of it. And now she coaches women to do the same. She supports moms in saying, you don't, we're breaking this title of being the hot mess mom or nine months out, nine months in, your body should look a certain way at a certain time. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And this is why I love Sarah. She is so real. She is so authentic. And she is the message that all moms, I don't care if you are postpartum a day or you are postpartum 45 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter if you are a mom and your body has shifted and changed, even if you haven't physically birthed a baby and you still wear the title of mom in some way and your body has shifted and changed, Sarah's message is giving you the permission, the support, the love to say, you can put this heavy, heavy, toxic way of living down, down. Sarah is a new mom. She is the host of It's a Good Enough Mama podcast. She is a coach and truly she is a friend and somebody who I am inspired by on the daily. And I just, I couldn't go on any longer without having Sarah's message here on this podcast. So open up your hearts, open up your ears and your minds and just soak up her beautiful light and her beautiful wisdom. Sarah has been on the podcast previously. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is I was reflecting today before we were recording, before we connected was how all of us get to shift and change and grow so much. Mm -hmm. And to be able to honor what was in the past and see what we learned, but get to take a new twist and a new turn and a new path to walk on. And that's really cool. Yeah, I love, I think we learned this from Angie originally, but like your original path doesn't have to be 
your forever. And I think I was so tied to that in the beginning. Like I chose one thing and this has to be what I do forever. And so that was how our parents were raised and that was all they knew. And now we're in a different world where you literally could change your mind every couple of years and it's totally fine or every couple of months and it's totally fine. So I just love that because it just relieves that pressure, especially if you don't like what you're doing. Yeah. And let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about your path. And we are going to talk a little bit more about body and diet focus today, but truly it ties into Sarah as a coach and her coaching now and how that has changed and evolved as she has changed and evolved. So three years ago is when I really started coaching and I kind of found myself climbing the corporate ladder and I was just like, I, I feel so unfulfilled. Like I'm checking all these boxes and I'm just blah. Like that's really how I could explain it. I just felt like nothing. And so I started to think more and more about health coaching because I've always loved nutrition. I've been super passionate about it for years and I would listen to all these books and podcasts and all these things about nutrition. And I've learned so much, but at the same time, I was still in kind of a diet mentality, um, I wouldn't say that time eating uh, disordered eating that was more in college, but I still had rules around food and I still had guilt around food, but I didn't know it at the time. I would call it something like a sustainable lifestyle or something like that, but it truly wasn't, you know, it was, I was still under eating pretty certain because I was exhausted all the time and that was pre baby. So I, <laughs> there was no excuse for me to be exhausted all the time. Um, I still am. And what my focus was back then was a lot more around blood sugar. And I still truly believe in the importance of blood sugar. And I really do think that it has a big impact on people, uh, their health. But if, if you struggle with any kind of disordered eating or diet mentality or restriction, you need to address that first. So you can't do it the other way around, which was basically what I was trying to do was force my way healthy. Um, but I found that the, the more and more I did that, the deeper into holes of like, okay, what's the next best thing? What's the next best thing I kept getting. And so while I still have a very huge passion for nutrition and blood sugar, and we can get into that later, why that's important. Um, but, or you could just go back to a previous episode, which was what, three years ago at this point. Um, yeah, it's evolved a lot. And now I do a whole lot more of intuitive eating. Um, I do a lot more work with even intuitive exercise. And what that looks like is kind of, instead of forcing a workout, really listening to your body and what it needs, um, syncing it with your cycle, um, because we change hormonally as women every day of our cycle. And so you may feel one day, like you go for a run and you feel amazing. And then next week you go for a run and you can't lift your legs off the ground and you just feel defeated and you start to get that guilt set in which just perpetuates that diet mentality even more. So when you start to work with your body and realize that you burn 300 extra calories approximately in the second half of your cycle than you do in the first, there could be a reason why you're dragging or maybe you're on your period and that's why you're dragging. And for so many years, I just thought it was something was wrong with me. Like I wasn't doing it enough or well enough or hard enough. So I would push harder, which seems so counterintuitive now, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving where I am now. And to be honest, for a little while, I had to give up exercising altogether in order to get into this healthy place of where I'm now doing it a lot more intuitively. Such an honest space to come and say, uh, this 
exercise, even the things, I think this is it, even the things that are healthy, quote, like I'm using my quotes, we mm-hmm. think that are good, they're supposed to be good. And like, yes, there's truth in that like exercise yeah. can right. be a beneficial place in our life. But just because it has a stamp of health on it does not mean that for each individual, it is healthy or in that, in that season, in that cycle, in that day, maybe it's not healthy for them. Yeah. And I think some people, well, I know some people in this world have never dealt with things like this and they they could look at a plan and follow it to a T and have no issue. But if you've dealt with um, body image issues or restrictive eating or binge eating or anything like that in the past, then it really is just like this, this cycle that you get into. And it's really difficult to get out of kind of that, um, tailspin of the, you know, you restrict because you feel like you should be at whatever weight or whatever dictation size of pants, something like that. And then you binge because you're starving. And then when, after you binge, you feel a lot of guilt because you're like, why can't I stick to this? So it just becomes this perpetual cycle um, that, you know, I'll start again Monday, I'll start again, January 1st, whatever that is. And I found myself kind of looking around in the space that I was in and seeing so many before and after pictures. And I was just kind of like, if this truly is a lifestyle, there shouldn't be maybe one, maybe one before and after picture, but there shouldn't be a before and after picture every three months. That just means that you're yo-yoing in the end. So yeah, I, I just had to, and it took me probably a good year, but I had to let go of the space that I was in and just completely basically did a 180. And now what I'm doing feels so much more aligned. I, I worked at a gym previously and it was a beautiful space and there was a lot of that. And it was, it was more geared towards females and there wasn't so much of that and like celebrating triumphs and challenges and progress and all this piece. And I kept, I always challenged that because it didn't feel good to me, right? Like, why do we have to have a before and after? Why do we have to celebrate doing X amount of workouts in a month? Why do we have to? And I realize now those are my triggers and that's my space. But I also saw the people that, that, that message felt really comfortable. It felt like, yeah, like somebody else sees me in this Mm -hmm. or the people that were really triggered. And I was like, well, then you get to sit in that and like feel that and notice that because guess what? So much of what that's been placed on, it's not you, it's not, it's society, it's diet mm-hmm. culture, it's fitness culture, perpetuating this wheel, these cycles to continue to make money on you feeling guilty, shameful, and bad about yourself. If you felt right. good about yourself, you wouldn't pay any more money and nobody would, they'd be out of all their billions of dollars <laughs> or whatever they have. And I think that's the funny thing too, is if you aren't triggered by it, you're probably not even seeing it or noticing it. It's probably just passing you by. And what I've noticed um, postpartum in particular, I'm in a couple of postpartum mom groups and maybe some of these moms, I know quite a bit of them have been before, um, have had body image issues and things like that, but maybe some of them never had. And so this is their first experience with getting into that diet cycle. And so they might not see it right now. They might really think, no, maybe I just need to lose a baby weight, or maybe I just need to lose 10, 15, whatever pounds. But that's, this is their step one. Whereas my step one started when I was probably in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's just, it's, I, I want to stop them before they get too deep, but at the same time, everyone has their own journey. They do. And there's nothing wrong with having an aesthetic goal or there's nothing wrong with craving that. Like Sarah and I are not telling you there's nothing wrong with you. If that is where you are at, you get to own that. And that's right. amazing. And that's incredible for you. But seeing where that thought and where that message is coming from, like, are you, like you said, like, are you planting that seed or is there something telling you, you should be, there's something wrong with you. So you're the defaulted one. Go ahead and change yourself. Right. The nine months in nine months out, you know, all of that type of mentality postpartum, there's so much stress and pressure put on moms and it's unrealistic. I mean, even just the basics of a lot of us having to go back to work earlier than we, I did not have a brain at 12 weeks <laughs> postpartum. And I watched other women go back to work at three weeks postpartum, six weeks postpartum. And I don't even know how, because if I felt the way that I did at 12 weeks postpartum, I can't even imagine how they felt trying to go back to work. And then the extra layer that society puts on moms to bounce back and some moms bounce back and that's great. And some don't. And in fact, I did technically lose the baby weight, but I was struggling with my milk supply. So I was trying to get that up and ended up putting back on exactly what I gained and then lost in pregnancy. So it doesn't even have to look like, you know, what you gained in pregnancy and what you need to lose. It depends on your postpartum. It depends on your experience, on your anxiety levels, your stress levels, which I had a lot of having a baby in a pandemic and a lot of other things that were happening. And so I got to a point around like five months postpartum where I was like, this is my last ditch effort. I'm going to lose all the baby weight. And that was still my diet mentality playing in, but I did it anyway. And I went through with this program or I started with this program that I was like, this would, I know I'm going to get results from this. I've done it before. And so I got like 21 days in and I felt really great. And but basically the next day I was here with my daughter because of pandemic, we didn't have her in take care or anything. And I was getting ready or I actually did my, I finished my workout and I had to cut a little short because I just didn't feel so well. My husband had to go to the office that day because um, some days he works from home. Some days he goes to the office. So she was five months old and pretty much, you know, she would play during my meetings and things like that, which it was going fine. But that particular day I was getting ready for a meeting and I just could, like, I could feel my chest and I could feel the rush in my head and I have had a panic attack before and I was so resistant to the idea that maybe that was what was happening because I had done so much work in therapy and I was like, I'm over this stage of my life. What is going on? But mind you, I was not sleeping through the night, not even close, probably waking up every 30 minutes. Um, I was probably not drinking enough water because I was just busy as a mom. Um, fuel, fuel wise, I feel like I was eating a decent amount of food, but there was still a meal plan, quote unquote, attached to whatever exercise program I was doing. And so maybe I wasn't eating enough. So I was done breastfeeding at that time. Um, like I said, I had gone through a lot of stressful things. We ended up moving during, you know, don't move four months postpartum. I'm telling you this now, um, but yeah, in 2020, care, right. <laughs> baby during a pandemic. Um, my mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer a week after we had Adeline um, so yeah, and then I moved four months later and it was just a lot of stressful things happening. And I think it was just my body's way of telling me we're done. Like we, we need this, there has to be a better way to, to go about this. 
And so in that moment, I, I kind of just was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this diet mentality. I kind of threw my hands up in the air and was like, there has to be something else. And so I completely stopped eating to any plan. Um, I completely stopped exercising altogether because anytime I would pick up even weights or anything, my heart rate would go really high, which is not normal for me. And so I would do a little bit of yoga or walking here and there if I felt like it, but I really just released any expectation of anything. And I tried to really focus on my sleep. Um, I purchased an intuitive eating program from a friend of ours that we mutually met a couple of years ago. I also purchased a therapy program from a friend of ours that we mutually met a couple of years ago. Um, and I hired my own therapist and I was just like, I'm going to focus on my mind and my body and healing. And then we can start incorporating in exercise again. And so I did that for probably four months. So I feel like I actually learned intuitive eating when I was pregnant because I felt the most calm when I was pregnant. I was just really in tune with my body. There was no expectation for weight or anything like that. So I felt like I just ate according to my cues, which were very weird sometimes. <laughs> like the first trimester is hard because all I wanted was pineapple, which is weird. I never eat pineapple. I like it, but I just never do. And like chocolate protein powder and french fries. I'm pretty sure that's all I ate my first trimester. And guess what? You're <laughs> here to tell the it. tale and yeah. you have a healthy baby. Yeah. Like nothing, the world didn't end or exactly. explode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then I, so I worked on those programs. So I did the intuitive eating and um, the therapy. And after a few months of that, I started to feel a little bit better, but I just, I knew there was a blockage. So I actually started working with you with breath work and I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I was terrified the first couple mm -hmm. because I couldn't trust my body yet. I was in such this like anxiety, high cortisol, um, fight or flight stage that I, I couldn't even trust myself for an hour by myself with my own breath. And so through those things, I feel like those were the most transformative for me. And then I've also incorporated some tapping and, um, nighttime journaling. So when my, my mind is racing as a mom postpartum, that happens a lot. My mind was racing. And so I would journal out all the things that are keeping me awake at night. Um, and I ended up moving the, the monitor. I mean, she moved six months postpartum. She moved into her own room. And so I ended up moving the monitor into the bathroom because I just needed to sleep, to be honest. Like my body was not going to heal until I started focusing on the things that really matter, like sleep and fueling your body and working on your anxiety levels and your mindset and these things. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm, so, I'm on the right path now, instead of feeling like I'm constantly forcing something like a workout or an, a program or a nutrition plan. Yeah. I'm just feeling so much more aligned now. And it shows it truly, truly, truly shows in the way that you show up in the way that you speak to the women that you work with in the way that you share on your podcast with moms in the way that you just in your energy. It's, I just, as I, I was like thinking and writing down of the things you were saying, like I purchased an intuitive eating guide or plan. I purchased a package to work on myself and my therapy. I, like I hired a therapist. I did the breath work. I did the journaling. I was like, these are the messages that moms or that women's or that let's be honest, humans, like these are the things let if instead of spending another fucking dime on the next latest and greatest plan, that's going to give you exactly what you want in 30 days. 
save your hundred dollars and invest in something that is actually for you. Yeah. But we love those quick results, don't we, as yeah. a society? And I understand it. And I've I'm, there's no judgment for me because I've been there before too. Um, this is harder, to be honest. <laughs> it is because you have to relearn a lot of things. But I feel like the weight that's been lifted off of me is so worth it. And if I could have learned this in sixth grade when I probably technically started my first diet, how much of that time and money and energy I would have saved and really what I've found my driving passion to be right now is that our daughters and our generation or next generation deserves better. And I don't want her to waste so much time and money and energy and not those, those days of just not feeling good enough to, to, to just waste all that time is heartbreaking to me. And I don't want that for her or her friends or her cousins or anything like that. The cycle has to stop. It has to stop. And that has to, and it, it is, it's women like you. And it's, it is information that's being shared that shines light on that and shine light on things that we all did that just made us feel like crap. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's made me feel like crap. But this time. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be totally different for like two weeks and then it's not. Right. And also, I want to highlight the, the pieces that you shared, intuitive eating, like, yes, you purchased something. Yes, you hired a therapist. Yes, you paid for X, Y, Z. But all of the things that you were giving your, ener your investment of energy to were things that gave you power. I'm going to learn to intuitively eat to listen to my body, not have some PDF tell me that it's three o'clock. So I need to eat X, Y, Z. Exactly. I'm going to journal and get my thoughts out. I'm going to breathe and use my breath to harness my emotional state. I'm going to work with a therapist to work on my inner traumas, my past, myself, instead of constantly seeking everything from outside of you to give you that. Yeah. And I think that's the funny way that the diet industry works so well is that we are so used to seeking external validation, especially people who have issues with their body and their body image and things like this. It's, it's been like that, that vicious cycle of external validation and seeking approval from everyone else. Or like you said, what do I eat at three o'clock? Because a PDF tells me to, when I'm not even listening to the fact that either I was hungry an hour ago, or I'm not hungry at all. And I'm going to do it anyway. Eat yeah, <laughs> that chicken package. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I like pull out like this weird bar waffle <laughs> thing that like I pull out of a package. I don't want to eat that. Right. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> Tastes like cardboard because it is cardboard. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's so much. Sarah and I send messages back and forth all the time on Instagram of like, oh, like either this enraged me or like I got duped into diet culture. Like, let's talk about it. Like, can you believe? Um, and I love it. I love having a space of people that are like-minded and that are calling it out. And one of the things that I just admire so deeply about you is you're just, you show up so honestly. Yeah, that's funny you should say that. And thank you. I, 
Okay, so just for perspective, like what we do online is, I mean, there is a certain level of marketing to it, but three years ago, like I said, I didn't feel aligned with what I was doing and it felt forced. I would spend an hour on a post and I, and it would feel like I was trying to perfect it. I was trying to be that people pleaser perfectionist, you know, it has to be the best post ever. And now I will just post what I'm feeling on my heart because I know there are moms out there that are thinking the same thing as me and they need to hear it. And more and more now I have people reaching out to me, like you're in my head. How did you know I was thinking this? And it just, that just like helps me to understand I'm on the right path now compared to where I was three years ago. So it's just so refreshing to feel like you're not forcing even what I want to share online. Because like I said, I've been interested in nutrition forever and it is a space that I want to help people in without that diet mentality at all. And so I think back then, maybe my body or something knew I wasn't on the right path. And so it was so hard for me. And now I just try to listen to exactly what I'm struggling with that day or that week and put that out there. And it seems to resonate so much more with moms. Yeah. You say like my body knew, right? Our bodies are so wise. Mm -hmm. They know everything. They truly, truly know everything. And in a, in a sense of speaking to a mom, like your body grew another human without your head, without your ego telling you what to do. Like it just did what it needed to do. Right. <laughs> and if you're not a mom, like I'm not a mom, but like my body knows how to breathe. My body knows how to digest, how to exploit. Like it knows how to do these simple things. We just lock it up and get in our way of or try to manipulate it. Yes. Yeah. Well that, yeah. <laughs> what is, what does it look like in the, with the women that you support? What do you do? What are the conversations? And I'd, I'd love to know too, how do you help somebody say like, I'm asking like 10 questions at once, but you said, okay, five months postpartum, I was done. Like I had to be done. I had to stop exercising. What if somebody can't just be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So you mean like, are they still stuck in that wanting to lose? They're stuck or they're afraid. Like how mm -hmm. do you really untangle all of that to lean into trusting your body more, to be intuitively eating, to, to listen to your body in the way that it wants to move and when it doesn't want to move. So it's a lot of grace, a lot of time, a lot of relearning and I've put out there before that I've said that I understand that my program isn't as marketable because I'm not going to promise that you're going to lose 10 pounds in two weeks or something like that. But what I promise is so much more long-term satisfaction. And we focus a lot more on what, like I kind of focus on your mind, your body, your spirituality and um, your social, like, like where are you supported? Do you have a support system? And then spirituality, not necessarily religion, but do you feel fulfilled in your life? Are, are you feeling passionate or are you feeling completely drained because so many moms lose themselves after they have a baby? And it's not to say that you want to be who you were before, but there's still part of you that is who you were before. And I help lead moms back to that, but in an evolved way, because you're a mom now. So you're not exactly like you were before but you still deserve to have passions and you still deserve to feel fulfilled 
and not feel like that quote unquote hot mess mom all the time. Like that's a term that just really, really bothers me because I think it perpetuates this idea that hustle and burnout in motherhood is like achievable or commendable. And that's really what the message I'm trying to break. And so with that, focusing on those two things and then mind and body and not in a, um, you know, you have to accept your mind or your body right now type mindset, because I don't think that that's reasonable for most women. I don't think that most women can just go, oh, I love my body now. So a lot of that intuitive eating mindset is let's start at neutral. Let's start at just thanking it for, for me, for, okay, I had cancer 12 years ago. Thank you for getting me through that, even though I was still being a jerk to you. <laughs> So like, can we just start at neutral and just thank our bodies for what they're doing for us in the present day? And then as far as the mind goes, um, I'm sorry, as far, as far as the body goes, not, you know, here's a nutrition plan and a workout schedule. It's how are you doing? Can you go for a walk today? If not, it's totally fine. And I'm sorry that society put this pressure on you to make you feel like you should be, have lost all the baby weight nine months postpartum and that you should be working out every single morning. And yes, working out is great for your body, but if you haven't slept, it's gonna do more damage than it's gonna do any good. If your cortisol levels are super out of whack and you're feeling like garbage, um, doing a high intensity workout is not gonna be your friend. So can you get out for a walk? If not, can you release that guilt? And so then I give them tools to do these things because I, that's what I wish somebody would have told me even you know, years and years ago, but especially five months postpartum instead of jumping into that new workout routine. Um, these things are just so much, and they do take a lot more time, but they're just so much more sustainable. And sometimes that word drives me crazy, but <laughs> because I think it's used a lot in diet mentality. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a, a more aligned, I guess, way to live. It's more embracing that we're humans and that things get messy and that life happens. And some days are, sunshine and rainbows and some days aren't and that's where we're at and we have we we can choose to constantly constantly fight that or we can choose to give grace give compassion and embrace that and be a human so funny because we're not taught those things we're taught no. the hustle and we're taught the follow nutrition plan and nobody was ever teaching us I mean unless your your parents are really good at teaching you this or something but nobody was ever teaching me that if I'm tired, it's okay. Like I even remember back in like high school, if you wanted to skip practice, like if you're in sports and you want to skip practice because you weren't feeling good, the answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I remember being in cross country in school and track and sick to my stomach because I, now, now that I know why, because I had lived through some pretty traumatic things young, like earlier on in my life, it, going to a race gave me such bad anxiety. And I think everybody gets a little bit of that, like jitters, you know, but mine was like nauseating. I would think about it for two days. I didn't want to go to practice. And you're like, when you try to be honest and just say, here's how I'm feeling, they say, suck it up. And they say, do it anyway. And so why would we think that any other way is okay from that age? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been conditioned and what they were conditioned because everybody's doing the best right. that they can. Mm -hmm. But now we know more and we learn more. And that's with embodiment work and with breath work and these pieces that, I mean, truly, ultimately, that's what you're sharing with your community and you're giving. It's 
guess what? Your body speaks in emotion. Your, your body doesn't speak to you in plain English or whatever language you're fluent is. It gives you signs. It gives you clues. And the more that you dismiss them and the more that you push them in, you are sitting at your desk five months postpartum having an anxiety attack because your body just can't anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's not it giving up on you and betraying you. It's saying like, this is the most loving thing that I can do because I need to shut you down because you're not going to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've just stopped listening altogether. Mm-hmm. I think that, like if I could sum it up in one sentence, it's just really bringing you back to yourself and letting you listen to yourself again. Has there been one, two, three, or many things that have allowed you a space or that help you listen to yourself when your ego, when your conditioning, when your trauma, when your stories, when your past tell you otherwise? So one thing that I was always really resistant to is physically journaling. Like I would read the question and I would think about it. And I was like, that's good enough. <laughs> I don't, I don't need I to thought about it. But when I actually put pen to paper and let the things come out of my brain that were in there that I had no idea. Like I thought I had processed through these things, but then when I really just let it go, I, I had no idea the thoughts that I was carrying around. So one person that I worked with had me just bring a journal around with me all day and just write everything negative that would pop into my head. And there were things from years ago, like when I was in grade school would pop into my head and I'm just, am I literally thinking that I'm 30, how am I 34 years old right now? And I'm thinking about something that happened on the bus when I was in like fourth grade, mm-hmm. randomly. And, I, and if I had not written that down, I would have just thought it, let it go and forgot completely that that thought was still in my mind. And so bringing awareness to the fact that, I mean, we have so many thoughts a day and then how many of them are negative or telling yourself that you can't do something or you're not good enough. And I had no idea all those things were happening. So putting pen to paper, I think, has been probably the most transformative to me. And then it's funny, you, you um, released the podcast that you did today because I still was trying to do the affirmations, the mindset work, the talk therapy, and those things are all good and they did help, but I still had this blockage in my body from many, many different traumas that I've experienced in my life that I just, I was fully aware of where my blocks were, but yet I couldn't get past them. And I'm not even going to say that I'm past them now. I'm working on it still. Um, but that the breath work and the tapping. And so I'm just starting to get to the point now where meditation is kind of working. Um, yoga, if you can't, if you can't figure out meditation, I feel like it's the most popular maybe because it's the most well-known. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot of moms get really frustrated. They're like, I can't meditate. I it's too hard. Like too many things are flying through my mind. And I think that's where you need to step back and just be okay with that right now. Um, Last night, it was probably the first time that I actually could feel my body slipping into a different state when I was trying to meditate. And it is really difficult. So I feel like starting with something like breath work or tapping is actually better because there's direction. Whereas meditation, even if you're listening to something, you're, you're more focused on like what dinner is looking like and, Mm -hmm. and all those like external things where if you're tapping, and it's guided or you're breathing and it's guided, you're forced to like really hone in on what the person's saying and do the prompts and breathe or whatever. And for, for me, at least those were the two 
that worked best for me to lead me in to start lowering my cortisol levels and getting more into that, um, that, you know, rest and digest state and being able to listen to my body and like trusting the things I was telling myself. Yeah. And we can go down the biggest rabbit hole <laughs> and I will, and not even we, well, we could, cause we could jam on it, but I could take that in so many ways. And that's, that's the thing too, almost coming back full circle, right? Is so you're telling me, Megan, Sarah, you're telling me I'm supposed to breathe and be in my body. I'm supposed to tap. I'm supposed to touch my body. I'm supposed to do all of this stuff where I'm in my body in this vessel that I do not trust, that I want to get the hell out of, that I'm not in love with, that I don't like, that I actually hate right now. I'm supposed to be in this space. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, I don't Isn't even that ironic and funny. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it's, we're not talking about our, the physical, the, your physical body. It's what, what sensations do you feel? What energy do you feel? Like when your baby, when you hear your baby laugh, like, how does that feel? Like, just close your eyes and think about like, if my baby is laughing, where do I feel that in my body? And I wasn't feeling things like that for a long time. And it's funny because when, when I started doing this more, I started getting more sensations and I was really actually a little concerned a couple of months postpartum because I didn't feel a whole lot of emotion or even like I was having a particularly bad couple of weeks when she turned one. And I always would read these people saying, oh, I'm crying, like I'm crying nonstop because my baby's turning one. And I'm like, why am I not feeling this? Why am I not feeling any emotion? And that was kind of like my cue or like, you know, the lighthouse to say, maybe you've stepped, you, you practiced breath work and then you stopped. Like you have to keep doing it. Otherwise, just like anything, like any kind of muscle or anything, it, it wears out and you go back to easily back to where you were before, if you don't keep practicing these things and maybe you don't have to do it forever, but considering how many things I've been through and how many cycles of diets I've been through and how much sh shame and guilt I carried for so many years around so many things, I may need to do it my whole life. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that space of when we numb, this is what I didn't understand for the longest time. We think, I thought I was just, well, I'm going to numb out the things that I don't want to feel. I'm going to numb out like the bad emotions, the hard, the heavy, the emotions. I'm just going to numb that. And now with a microscope, when I look back and I observe, I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't really happy. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel, I didn't really let the quote unquote good come in because when we're numb, we're numb. We don't get to cherry pick and choose the things that we want to feel, the sensations, the thoughts, the memories. Like we don't get to be in that because we're, we're choosing to be numb because we don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and a lot of that does come from trauma too. Um, it can oh, be, yeah. come from the way that you were raised. It can come from trauma. It can come from, um, just people saying things to you, which can be trauma, I guess. So mm -hmm. yeah. It's, and I think I was having a little bit of all of that and, um, numbness in a lot of areas of my life. And so it's just, the good thing is, is that you can relearn all this stuff. Mm. Yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave everybody with that thought of <laughs> in truth, in honesty, it's you can, you can change, you mm -hmm. can relearn, you can be rewired, you can absorb and do something new. That's, that's, 
we're really actually now truly back at full circle from where we started this podcast of whatever path that you're on today, whatever path that you were on last week, last year, last month, doesn't have to be the path that you wake up and choose to be on tomorrow. Right. And there is support and there are women like Sarah that help you with that, that guide you because it's also you not white knuckling it and trying to do it alone. Exactly. <laughs> so, that so much there with momhood. That doesn't, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah, where can everybody find you? Where can they check out your podcast, work with you, talk with you, follow you on Instagram? I just, yeah, I told them everything. I, t- I just told them. <laughs> do where. all those things. <laughs> <laughs> How about you tell it instead of me just talking over you? So you can find me pretty much everywhere at Sarah Olszewski. Um, I'm sure you'll be so kind to spell my last name for everyone. <laughs> But on Instagram, my website's the same. Um, my podcast is the It's Good Enough Mama podcast. You can find that on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts. And um, right now I'm doing one-on-one coaching and I do have the intention of doing group. Um, I do also have a corporate job and I do have a one-year-old. So um, it's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right now, um, all of that is keeping me pretty busy. So I'm working on it, but we'll get there. Yeah, you will. That's your path. That's your next path. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, fun. Mm, thank you so, so, so much. I just. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's not conversations that we have. It's not conversations that moms get to hear enough of. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in all truth and in all honesty and come from a space of, hey, I hear you. I see you. I really get it. And there, like you said, there is a better way. There is another way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.